0: The Washington Nationals have named Mackenzie Gore their starting pitcher for the Grapefruit League opener. Also, guys, did they just tip us on what they're thinking for opening day as far as starting pitching goes? Well, I'm going to answer that right after this. You are Locked On Nationals, your daily Washington Nationals podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And thank you for making Locked On Nationals your first listen every day as we are free and available wherever you get your podcasts. I'm your host, Ryan Clary, and I have taken my passion for the Nationals into podcast form here with the Locked On Podcast Network, where you get your team every single day day, and that is the beauty of this network. Before we get started in today's show, this episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit fanduel.com slash locked on today to get started. And as I was saying, the Nationals have named Mackenzie Gore their opening day starter for spring training. I guess we could say that. But then again, opening day is still what? A month or so away from now, we got time to talk about opening day starters. But here's what I believe, and here's the question that I posed to the listeners out there. Did the Nationals just tip their hand on what they want to do as far as starting opening day off and who will be the opening day starting pitcher for the Washington Nationals? Well, I'm here to answer that. I think the Washington Nationals just tip their hand on what they want to do as far as starting pitching goes. And this is simple to me. It's not just the fact that Mackenzie Gore has been named the opening day starter for spring training in the Grapefruit League. It's not just about that. It really isn't. If you've been checking the news and the notes of spring training, just like I have, people have been wowed by Mackenzie Gore and also Mark Zuckerman, he actually talked about this the other day in one of his pieces, but Mackenzie Gore was ready to go last September. So his injury, and and this is from his standards, Mackenzie Gore said he was perfectly fine and did want to pitch last September. Obviously, the Nationals told him, no, we don't want to take the risk. But now he's 100% healthy, ready to go for 2023, and I'm geared up for it. I am fired up for it. I have been banging this drum. Since the day I got on this podcast. I love the aspect of what Mackenzie Gore can do out there. And I have said it before. And again, I'm going to say it again. Mackenzie Gore is the best starting pitcher that we have on this staff this very second. Josiah Gray, I love the potential. Cade Cavalli, love the potential. This is Mackenzie Gore's staff. This is Mackenzie Gore's staff moving forward. It's that simple to me. I look at what he can do. And it's not, again, I want to emphasize this. It's not just the fact that he was named the opening day spring training starter, whatever you want to call that. It's not just that. It's the fact that, one, this guy was a top 10 pick. And as far as all the prospects that we got back in return for that Juan Soto trade, Don't just think Mackenzie Gore was a throw-in for the Nationals. He was part of the key pieces in return for Juan Soto, one of the game's best hitters as we sit here today. Mackenzie Gore has all you need in a starting pitcher. He has really kind of become a power left-handed pitcher. and What I mean by that is lefties are kind of more of finesse guys. That's usually how they're thought of. You think of a lefty, you think of Patrick Corbin, you think of that slider breaking in the dirt, and it's going to be tough on right-handed batters, but in particular, it's going to be tough on left-handed batters. Well, Mackenzie Gore is just that kind of a finesse pitcher as well, but he's more so of a power pitcher. He can reach in the high 90s as a left-handed pitcher. Plus, with this tall, big frame, it's kind of tough to see the pitch coming out of him just because... That's just how it is when you have that big, long frame the way that Mackenzie Gore does. It's easier to hide it with more room on your body, if you know what I mean. So Mackenzie Gore, this is why I think the Nationals did tip what they are doing for opening day. This could very well just be a rest situation. Maybe Josiah Gray is going to be throwing a three-inning bullpen tomorrow, and we just don't know it yet. Maybe Cade Cavalli just threw a bullpen Yesterday, and he's not going to be pitching. Same for Patrick Corbin. But no, I think the Nationals want to showcase what they got with Mackenzie Gore. I think they have seen enough with the young stud to say, this is the best pitcher on our staff right now. This is the guy that has what it takes to be a complete stud at the major league level. And that's what I believe. That's simply what I believe when looking at this. I look at Mackenzie Gore, and a lot of people, it's an easy comparison to make with Patrick Corbin. Well, Patrick Corbin, is just not really the same that as Mackenzie Gore is. They're not really similar in ways they pitch, at least when looking at it from the fact that Mackenzie Gore has a way more active fastball than the likes of Patrick Corbin. it's That's as simple as it is. But I will say, Patrick Corbin has the better slider. But in today's game, having a power left-handed pitcher and on top of what he can do with his curveball and with his changeup, that is valuable to this team. It's rare to come across a left-handed pitcher that has this sort of potential the way that Mackenzie Gore does. And we have talked about it this year. What is this season about? It's about the draft. It is about development. Those are the two Ds for the Nationals in 2023. Drafting and developing. Mackenzie Gore obviously obviously is in that development portion of this argument. We need to see what we can get out of Mackenzie Gore moving forward. I'm already set on it. I'm convinced that when he is healthy, he is a slam dunk top two pitcher on a good baseball team. It's going to take some time for him to get there, of course. But also, we saw it this last year with the San Diego Padres, as I've talked about a lot in the offseason. Mackenzie Gore got off to a hot start with the San Diego Padres in his first major league season. And here are the stats for you. In 48 innings pitch and only eight starts through his major league career, this is what the numbers dictated Mackenzie Gore. 48 innings pitch, again, 57 strikeouts, a 1.5 ERA, a 2.2 fielding independent pitching, a 200 batting average against, a 279 on-base percentage, a 241 slugging percentage. That was good for an, a 520 on-base plus slugging if you're not keeping up with me, those numbers indicate a terrible, a terrible major league hitter. And that's what Mackenzie Gore can force. Back in around that June area, he did kind of tweak his elbow a little bit, battled through it. You heard about some of the limitations that he had coming from the Padres when it came to that arm injury, but no. This is now. He is healthy. And when you see Mackenzie Gore healthy, this is the kind of performance that you're going to get from him. And honestly, he was on his way to a National League Rookie of the Year, in my opinion, if it wasn't for this injury. Now, I'm talking a lot about this injury, this elbow issue that he had. I haven't heard too much concerning thoughts about this within the organization. I have heard that he is healthy ready to go at 100%, and they are showing the faith that they have put in him by starting him for this first spring training matchup. And here's what you're going to have to watch for as far as McKenzie Gore. He's not going to be touching 98, I think, at this point. I think he'll probably be sitting around 94 to 95 miles per hour. But when you get McKenzie Gore, this is someone who can flash up to 97 and 98 at times when that fastball is really fast, for example. But even looking further at that, his changeup is a solid weapon in his arsenal that I even think he underrates himself. This is just me. If you don't know, I am the producer of the Grant and Danny show over on 106.7 The Fan. We had Mackenzie Gore on the day that he was traded to the Washington Nationals. And our host, Danny Ruye, actually gave him a big compliment being like, hey, your changeup's probably your second best pitch besides your fastball. What do you think about that? And McKenzie was like, honestly, I think it's my worst pitch. Well, McKenzie, I'm here to tell you, Davey Martinez doesn't agree with that either. Davey Martinez himself has said that he has seen the changeup from McKenzie Gore, and that is an effective pitch to use in the major leagues. He's got the stuff, man. He's got it all. So I do think the Nationals have tipped their hand on what they want to do, and it's not crazy. It makes a lot of sense for why they want to do this deal. Josiah Gray, I love him. I I like the potential that he shows. He's not an opening day starter at this point. Patrick Corbin, I'm sorry, we just can't do it again. We can't. Let's see the new guy. Let's see Mackenzie Gore. This is what the fans want to see. On the first day of spring training, we want to see the guy that we weren't able to see last year. The other part of that trade package that was going to be an immediate effect on the major league roster, and that's Mackenzie Gore. We want to see it, and we want to see it now. And Davey Martinez and the Nationals are going to give that to us on day one of spring training. But hey, I'm fired up. We're only about a day and a half out from the Nationals' first spring training game, and I can't wait. But now... We got to get into some spring training takeaways so far, and this is just as a whole. I have three takeaways that I have seen from just talking with people who are down at West Palm Beach, from seeing stuff on Twitter, on blogs, whatever it may be. I have three big takeaways as far as this national spring training goes. I'm going to get to you guys after this, but before... I got to tell you guys about my friends over at Built Bar. Are you looking for a delicious treat but don't want all the fat and calories? Then you got to try a Built Bar. What makes Built Bar so good? Well, for starters, they're all covered in 100% real chocolate. That's right, real chocolate. And they come in unbelievable flavors like churro, peanut butter brownie, and coconut almond. I'm not sure how Built does it, but these bars taste like a candy bar while maintaining amazing macros. And what's even better is that they are healthy. Only 130 calories in four grams of sugar with a whopping 17 grams of protein. That's right. 17 grams of protein. And now you don't need to wait around to get a box for years. We've talked about going to built bars at built.com, but now you can get them at your local Walmart or even a Sam's club. That's right. Head to your nearest Sam's club, run in, grab a 13 bar box with our hit flavors, brownie batter and churro. Also, Head to Walmart today, and you can walk to the pharmacy section and grab yourself a box of Built Bars. Pick up a four box of cookies and cream, double chocolate, or coconut puffs. Guys, it's that easy. And also, you can thank me later. Now we get into my three big takeaways for the 2023 spring training so far. Obviously, we're still, what, a week and a half into spring training. How many takeaways can I also get from that week and a half? Well, enough to have three big takeaways. And first off, I'm going to reiterate the point that I have been talking about this offseason, and it's simple. This bullpen will be solid, very solid. Now, I'm not talking it's going to be a top five bullpen in baseball. It's not going to be that, at least I don't think. But I think this will be an above-average bullpen as I sit here today. Now, there are a lot of what-ifs. What if Hunter Harvey just kind of had a great year last year? And what if he kind of lands back to earth? Well, I'm not seeing that with him. And he's impressed so far in his limited time down in spring training so far. They've talked about it. They've asked about it. And again, he was a former first-round pick. This guy's got the talent. The talent is not a question. It's the fact that can he stay healthy and two, can he be consistent enough to be an everyday bullpen piece for the nationals? And I think yes. But then again, beyond Hunter Harvey, Kyle Finnegan has established himself as a solid closer, if not a closer than a setup man. You've seen it last year as he was closing games in the second half of the national season. And That's where you saw Kyle Finnegan kind of make a name for himself down the stretch for the Nationals. And also, we know this. I've said this before. These bullpen pieces are going to be valuable at the deadline. Very valuable. They always are. But then again, it's beyond that. you got a veteran with Carl Edwards Jr. You have Trevor Williams, who will be a starting pitcher, but you could also see him get a move to the bullpen where he has excelled at over his career. You got guys like Evan Lee today. Davey Martinez yesterday announced that Evan Lee will be in the bullpen. And from what I saw last year, this is a left-handed pitcher that has a lot of movement coming down with a slider. He's got a solid fastball. Plus, he's young on a cheap deal. This is someone to where you don't have to put a ton of worth into him and you don't have to expect too much back. But we're starting to see results. And honestly, I liked what I saw from Evan Lee just this past year. I liked the potential that he showed with the Nationals. Then also, you got Victor Arano. You got Paolo Espino. You got guys who can hold down the fort. Plenty of more guys to be discussed about as well. But I only have so much time to talk about the Nationals bullpen. Because I've talked about them just so much this offseason when... We got to be positive at times, right, guys? Come on. But before I get to my final two, thank you for making Locked On Nationals your first listen every day. Now listen to Locked On MLB Prospects, which is always hosted by Lindsey Crosby, the prospect encyclopedia of the Locked On Podcast Network. And that pod is free and available wherever you get your podcasts. And my second takeaway is that C.J. Abrams is in the best shape of his life to take that next step this year. A lot of people have been talking about this down in spring training. He seems sharp. I was listening to an interview yesterday. All this kid wants to do is win. Well, I won't comment on that, actually. He wants to win. That's awesome. That's what we want to see from our young guys moving forward. Also, that he's gotten a lot bigger. You can see that he has clearly hit the weight room this offseason to emphasize his strength, not just to stay healthy for an entire season, but he also wants that power back. He wants to have that power that he hasn't really caught on his time in the minor leagues, but you see the frame. And that's what I look at when you're talking about 21 or 22-year-olds. Myself, I just turned 23 over the winter. I'm young-ish, I think. I grew about two inches over the last two years. It's not crazy to grow and even grow in your body even more. Your your arms get longer. Your muscles get bigger. It just happens. That's the way that life works. I'm a teacher also. No, I'm not. But the point is, C.J. Abrams is ready to take that next step up. And I see that just from the way that he acts himself. He acts like a veteran, which is what you want to see from your franchise shortstop, which I call him that. That's what you want to see from him. This is what we all want to see from C.J. Abrams. Because also, C.J., while he, there, it is a big part of this rebuild for C.J. Abrams to pan out, the time is not this second for him. But the way that his mind works, he's a competitor. He's just like anyone else. He wants to win. And that is the mindset that needs to be put in these young Washington Nationals players. And I'm glad to see that guys like Mackenzie Gore and C.J. Abrams have seen what winning looks like elsewhere outside the Washington Nationals. They were with the San Diego Padres, who have been quite successful over the last few years and have won a ton of games. But that's beyond the point. C.J. Abrams is ready to take that next step this year. And that is my second big takeaway from spring training so far down in Florida. But my third one, this one is a little bit out of left field, but hear me out. Mid-Atlantic Sports Network, a.k.a. Masson, they still stink. They stink. And I'm sorry. This is something to where, again, we all know reporters out there. I'm not going to name any names out there. We love him. We love all of them. This has nothing to do with their employees or who covers the team with Masson. This is simply with the decision makers, a.k.a. the Angelos family, the Baltimore Orioles owners. Masson will only be airing three games this year during spring training. And the first game comes on March 11th. I did not plan this. In fact, I would love to talk about a whole episode on just how they're only going to air three spring training games. (sighs) Three games in spring training. Three games. I can't get over how bad that is just looking at it from above. And not even the fact that they're only going to be doing three games. Their first game that they will be broadcasting on Masson won't be until March 11th. That is now what? 15 days away from now? That's over two weeks until people in the D.C. area, obviously, a lot of people are going to be subscribing to MLB TV now from this, but then again, the blackout issues. Masson is only broadcasting three games in spring training. I don't care that there's not a lot of hype around the Nationals this year. I don't care. You and I, we care about this team. We want to watch them on a daily basis. And getting a network just to broadcast three damn games is unacceptable. You can talk about how maybe some guys just don't want to do the spring training games. But we all know what this is about. And it's about saving some money. Fine. I like to save money as well. But you can't tell me that. During this time in spring training, do we care about who calls the games in spring training? No. It could be a college student that is 19 years old. It could be a 10-year-old for all I care. I want to have my eyeballs set on the screen to watch Masson. And to see that their first game that they will be broadcasting is not until March 11th is absolutely unacceptable. And if you have made it this far, I hope to God you tweet at me and you share the same remarks that I do, because that is a complete joke, a joke. And I can't stand it. I just can't. It it, That, again, I could have gone on for hours on that operation, but I won't. I like my job. So there's my three big takeaways from spring training, but also... The MLB is cracking down on something uh, again, which is uh, weird again. It's just, why MLB? Why do you have to get in your own way? I'll answer that. But before, the midway point of the NBA season is here, and now is the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sports book, because new customers get a no-sweat-first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back. If your first bet doesn't win, just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Then you can bet on everything from the money line, to point scores, and threes drain. Guess what, guys? The Wizards are back tonight, and you know what that means. We bet against the Wizards because it is potentially, maybe, a big winner. That's just my opinion on it. I think the Wizards kind of stink. Plus, FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with a same-game parlay. So don't miss the chance to get your no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash locked on. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, the official sports betting partner of the NBA. And so I read this yesterday, last night. This broke from Jason Stark with The Athletic. And here is what it is. The Nationals, not the Nationals, Major League Baseball is gearing up to refocus on sticky stuff enforcement. Why? Why Major League Baseball? Here's the thing that I, I that I think was sticky stuff. Growing up, We talk about steroids. We talk about all these different mechanisms, like using video to cheat the game. What do most players, hitters actually, rather than players, what do most hitters use up there at the plate to keep a nice little grip on the bat? It's simple. Pine tar. So this sticky stuff, the spider tack. The spider tack, now that stuff, I get why you ban that. I understand that. But you're telling me that a pitcher just can't have a little bit of pine tar. Yes, there may be a slight competitive advantage. But if you're going to look at it that way, Major League Baseball, then why don't you look at it this way? You should ban pine tar for hitters as well. And if you're here to tell me that there's no competitive advantage with that, well, what happens on a 100-degree day when your hands are sweating through your gloves and you have no traction to your bat? Well, easy fix. You put a little pine tar on there. And yes, it's not just used for a sweaty day in July for pitchers. It's used all the time. I get it. Pine tar is as well. And it keeps a nice, solid grip to your bat. And I don't care what anyone says. That is technically a competitive advantage if you look at it from that perspective. Because you could make the argument that, hey, all you guys need is batting gloves, you don't need any extra grip. To keep your bat in a steady position. You don't need it. You really don't. But with pitchers. Which honestly. You saw it last year. Batters were getting hit at an absurd rate. What does that tell you? Well it tells you that a lot of pitchers. Were using these foreign substances. Now again. Let me reiterate. The spider tack stuff. That you can literally hold on a cinder block with just by sticking your hand up like this. Okay, I understand why that is banned. But you're telling me that a little bit of pine tar that helps keep a nice, solid grip on for your fastball on a hot summer day, I think that is perfectly fine. Sweat and rosin, I'm sorry. That's the old school way of doing it, in my opinion. That's the equivalent of being like, hey, kid, you just got a concussion. Rub a little dirt on it. Have a, a whatever they call it, that you snap that thing you sniff it and it makes you back to normal. Is that what they say? That's like the modern-day equivalence of that, in my opinion. Just put a little sweat on it. Put a little rosin on it. You'll be good to go. That's your sticky stuff moving forward. Nuh-uh. That is stupid. I'm sorry. I I get it. I get all the spin rates and how everything alludes to the sticky stuff and how it affects that and how Trevor Bauer exposed this all. I get that argument for it. But then again, guys, most pitchers were doing this, if not most, a good chunk of them, at least, at least. It's clear and evident that that was the case. So where is the line going to be drawn for Major League Baseball? When is enough for Major League Baseball to be like, hey, don't use spider tack. Have a little pine tar, have some dirt in that pine tar, dry up your hands a little bit, and that's that. Is it that easy or is it that hard to ask for this MLB? I think it's a little ridiculous that they're going to be cutting down on this again because I, I guess this is what they do now. It's whatever. Thank you for making Locked On Nationals your first listen every day. Now make your second listen Locked On MLB Prospects again hosted by Lindsey Crosby, the prospect encyclopedia of the Locked On Podcast Network. And of course, it's free and available wherever you get your podcasts. So thank you guys for tuning in today. I will have more for you tomorrow before the National Spring Training Contest against the St. Louis Cardinals. So we're going to preview that for you on tomorrow's show. So you're going to want to stay tuned for that. And of course, thank you guys again for making Locked On Nationals your first listen every single day. Guess what? Baseball.